Hey everyone, welcome back to the Speak Out Loud podcast. We are so glad you're joining us again today. We are in the midst of fall. We're actually recording this kind of stays at the beginning of fall, end of summer, where Oklahoma's confused what it should really be. And uh, we're trying to get to fall. We're trying to rope fall in and bring it in as fast as we can. Yesterday at Trader Joe's, I saw tons of pumpkins and I was like, okay, it's 91 degrees. I am in a tank top and shorts and I want to buy pumpkins. But the true test was I drew, drove through another historical district. We live in a historical district. Our house is 95 years old and I drove through this other community and I saw that there weren't pumpkins out. So I was like, you know what? When they Resist. put theirs out, I'll put mine out because these houses are so beautiful. Resist. So I'll wait yes. for them. Well, I know what it's like and to deal with the rotten pumpkins and they were that rot early. So let's wait for a little while on the pumpkins. I was going to go can. today. I thought. Too. All right. Well, we'll do whatever. We'll, we'll figure it out. So we'll give you an update next episode on the pumpkin dilemma for the Getzinger family. Well, we're excited today because we have some friends and special guests with us, and we are really looking forward to joining in conversation with them on a topic that's, I think, important to many of our listeners and certainly important to our two families. Yes, we have Troy and Amy Jackson with us, and we met them over a year ago. They came into our Sunday school class, and um, we were sharing prayer requests, and ours looked very similar so to my situation and their family situation and so we just started bonding over that and staying after sunday school talking more and more and um, just realizing that we can really pour into each other's lives about this topic um, and this reality in both of our homes of mental illness and so super excited they're here today this is not easy to do and um, so we want to use all the discretion that we can because this is their story. This is the story of their kids. And um, so anyway, we could not be more thankful to have y'all on because so much of the time we will have my answers, but I'm the one who is the one suffering and struggling with mental illness. And y'all get to give the perspective of the mom and dad, which is a very hard place to be. But just like God knew that Doug was going to be married to me and pour into my life and help sustain me. He knew that about your kiddos, too. So thank y'all for being here today. Y'all tell us about yourselves. Well, um, first of all, I, I think it's it's not just, you know, just not just as a mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Right. It's just, you know, in general about being a family member. And, mm-hmm. and we'll probably get into this, but it's it's not just, you know, kids. It could be it could be parents and, mm-hmm. and siblings and and uh, and even supporting each other. Right. So yeah. I, I think as a as a family member of someone going through a struggle, it's uh, it's very different in each one of those roles. That's right. Uh, and so I think mm-hmm. uh, and today I think it would be good to talk about those. What mm-hmm. in that role? How do I how do I support people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. So I'm I'm Troy <laughs> Jackson uh, and uh, my wife Amy. Uh, we met uh, wow uh, over twenty two years ago, mm-hmm. so, uh, <laughs> and actually through a friend. Yeah. Uh, we met through a friend. And, um, long, and distance. long distance relationship. Mm-hmm. And uh, literally from the moment we talked to the moment we met, it was from meet to marriage. It was nine months. Yeah. From meet to marriage. It was okay. Ew, All right. You guys that. knew that. Yeah. 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 Very, quickly, Very quickly. Probably within yeah. 69. Well, Troy, and you yeah. were in the Air Force at the time, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. I was. So, and Troy, was. you're an Air Force Academy graduate, which 
you know, that's, that's I always think that's so cool. That's a big deal. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm medically retired and, and we'll probably talk about that today. Uh, Cause I went through some acute phases and I think we'll talk about mental health and, and so, and one of the things I think we want to normalize and socialize in the struggles that we've had is that everyone struggles mm-hmm. with mental health. So for some of us, it's an acute phase. For some of us, it's more chronic and lifelong. Uh, and, and we want people to know that, you know, that that's okay. And, yeah. and that it's not, it's not reserved just to one or two people. Right? Yeah. We all struggle with something. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm Amy. And yes, we've been married for over 22 years. And um, I'm originally, we're nev- neither one of us native Okies. We say that this was our compromise to move yep. here, kind of jokingly. Mm-hmm. He's a Texan, I'm a Tennessean. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't know if this will ever feel like home, but our three kids are Okies. We, yeah, we've all had our struggles. We we both have some of this on bo- in both of our family histories. So it wasn't like a complete surprise, but... I work in the healthcare industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a physical therapist and I see a lot of people struggle with it, whether it's acutely with their current diagnosis or whether it's in their chart. I see that it's something they've struggled with for a long, long time. And then to have it in your own home and to start to see it in your children, I know we're going to talk about that, is a very different perspective because I did struggle with it early on probably looking back very early 20s is when I started struggling Mm -hmm. with that. And then into our marriage, just a little bit. And then later, some different phases of life brought that on as well for me. And I continue to keep an eye on my mental health as well, try to be responsible for that. But yeah, as a healthcare worker, I try to do all the things. And we'll talk Mm -hmm. probably about that as well, kind Mm -hmm. of that all encompassing. But Mm -hmm. what does that look like? as a mom, mm-hmm. um, when you're looking at your biological child and starting to see these things in them. And so that perspective is, can be very hard to admit. Um, but ultimately as a mom, you're just going to want to do whatever's best for your kid. Oh, Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. When y'all aren't with your kids, what do y'all like to do? What's your hobby? Do y'all have anything in common that you guys like to do when you kind of escape a little bit? (laughs) Uh, I've always been an exercise junkie. Mm -hmm. I was a volleyball player in high school and did intramurals in college and lots of weightlifting in Mm -hmm. and out of that. I don't do as much of the weightlifting the older I get, but I love to walk every day. I try to get out and walk. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my outlet. I do love a good book when I can get my hands on mm-hmm. one, but I'm an all fiction girl. I really, oh, that's not true. I recently read a, bi- a biography on a lady, but mm-hmm. uh, I mostly love historical fiction and I listen to way too much true crime. So <laughs> he, he gives me a hard time I about that. I yeah. love that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, there are some things that we do uh, together. I mean, now we, um, I exercise, we do it separately, but it's, uh, but it's something that she set a good example for most of our marriage. And, and, and we'll, I mean, I'll talk about that again. Like I went through some acute phases of stuff and, and gave up on myself. And, um, when it came to, uh, just a physical, uh, disability, uh, mm-hmm. but I like to read too. We have a couple of TV shows, not that we won't plug any, but we have a couple of TV <laughs> shows that we like to watch. We do like to watch uh, together, like some British television. Yeah. Yeah. And, yes. uh, and I love to read too, uh, just mm-hmm. different types of books. Then. A lot. He's never not reading. I'm never books not reading that. a book. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think the, the, you know, when we talk about things, we, we do like to get away 
Uh, and when we do get away, we like to do things that are more um, outdoorsy. Out, outdoorsy, mm-hmm. and I would just say more more rural, more away from the city. And that could be small towns. It could be uh, mountains. It could be beaches. It could we be, like we, hiking and yeah. kayaking and canoeing sure. and those yeah. sorts of things, fishing. Yeah those sorts of things too. Yeah, yeah. very nice. Yeah. But I think the other thing, uh, I mean, and probably the one main thing that we have together, it's not necessarily a hobby, is our faith, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's been a strain through everything that we've ever done from the time we met, mm-hmm. is that even in that, that our faith is the common element that's helped us get through mm-hmm. things. Even when, even when we Even when we disagree. Sure. Sure. And I think from from that perspective, too, we are so thankful and just really Mm -hmm. feel blessed that we feel like God brought you guys into our lives Mm -hmm. and and as friends and through our Bible study group together. And just here in the midst of the pandemic, even, you know, how things like that happened and and new relationships began and friendships started. So we are really uh, thankful for that and thankful Mm -hmm. that you guys are joining us today. And we know this is not necessarily an easy topic to talk about. And so thank you for having the courage and the willingness to come and share. And even as we were just talking some of our our pre-recording kind of discussion, there's already some families and friends that are, I think, as you shared, are interested in what Mm -hmm. you guys have to say because this topic is so prevalent and it is so needed, I think. And it is something that maybe just a lot of people are dealing with, but then they're not talking about a lot to others. And so anytime we can bring light into something, we know light Mm. brings hope, right? And light brings help and healing. Well, as we get into this today, you know, you've had a chance, as Stacey mentioned, just we've learned a little bit about your story and about your family and some of the things you guys have encountered in the past and encounter now. And we've had a chance to to talk with you guys, to pray with you guys, and to go through some of that. So let's jump into some questions we had for you today. As you look at this, how did you guys become aware of some of the mental health challenges and needs in your family? Was there a particular crisis moment, or was it really more of a gradual just realization of, oh, there's something going on that that we need to address and deal with? Yeah, we were talking about this, and I think it's different depending on which child. So we have our two oldest that have really kind of had some struggles. Our oldest has um, struggled his whole life, really. He was diagnosed at a very early age. Mm-hmm. So as again, as a PT and a healthcare professional, I'm looking at my kids through, you can't turn that lens off, you know, ask anybody that's a nurse or a physician or nutritionist or whatever. And they'll say, you can't ever turn that filter off. So right. I'm watching him as he's a toddler and I'm like, Oh, dear Lord, you've blessed me with an ADHD child. Thank you so much. Right (laughs) out of the gate, you know, and uh, I knew right away. And but the more I talked to one of my colleagues at work about it, Mm -hmm. who was a neuropsychologist, she would say, Amy, I don't think that's what you've got going on. I think he's got anxiety. And I'm thinking, what does a four and five year old have to be anxious about? Sure, sure. And so it was a slow, gradual kind of realization. And we were referred to. Uh, a university here in the city that has a behavioral science department that does this testing. So mm-hmm. we took him there and we had him tested. And sure enough, she was right with ever, without ever laying eyes on him. And they diagnosed him with an anxiety disorder at five years old. And mm-hmm. so that immediately started us to uh, you know, advocate for him in the school system and put him on a 504 mm-hmm. and all yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And kind of that has followed him all the way into college. But 
Uh, so that was kind of a slow and gradual. Now there's been crises within his life right. where things have flared up after that, but we knew, and it was kind of like peeling an onion, you know, every few years you have them retested. And so every few years, then it would be, now we're going to add the depression diagnosis. And now the last diagnosis actually for him to be added was the ADHD, but mm -hmm. it was peeling, you know, the onion that was him. And then the other one was more of kind of a crisis. He went through some severe bullying mm -hmm. in middle in school, this, yeah. um, really severe and needed counseling right mm -hmm. away after that. We immediately was like, this is not going to take care of itself. And we got him into counseling and develop some acute anxiety from that. And then he's been great to kind of stay on top of his mental health and say when he needs to, I think I need to go back to counseling. Okay, let's go. Mm -hmm. And he was very late in, in his teenage years diagnosed with ADHD as well. That was mm -hmm. a very late diagnosis for him. So it was depending on which kid you're talking about. So one, it was kind of like this gradual realization that he mm -hmm. was a little bit different I could see some things that were markers mm -hmm. and then maybe he didn't react to situations or things the same way that other children might. Mm -hmm. And then her other one was more of a kind of a crisis moment when he was a bit older. So we kind of have mm -hmm. one of each. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about wanting to rescue mm -hmm. my kids oh. at this point when oh. I'm thinking about bullying and so many things that can trigger mm -hmm. something that might have been underlying and kept kind of low and then something happens and then it just mm -hmm. triggers a full on yeah you know yeah. situation and i know that when our girls have gone through anything without the diagnosis of um actual mental illness or anything like that they i've just wanted to spare them i've just of course. begged oh. the lord to just you know spare them yep. from what what we experience and what I see in myself and, and the diagnosis is that I have. So I know that this has been more than a challenge for you guys along the same lines. What do you think have been some of the most difficult parts of the journey as a parent so far? Yeah. What do you think? Cause I mean, yeah. I know this isn't going to go away just because we're talking about it. No, you know? no, no, no. Um, what do you think have been some of the most difficult things? I think for me, like you said, Stacy, as a mother, you want to rescue your child from that. Mm -hmm. So from that perspective, from a mom, if, especially if you're the biological mother of this child, that you have grown this human being in your womb yeah. and they are always a part of you. Mm -hmm. And and then you think, especially since I know that this is genetically kind of encoded um, in our family that, oh, why did that gene have to be passed mm -hmm. to him? Or why did that gene maybe get turned on? Cause we know some genes can be turned on and off. And mm -hmm. I just, I think it's the helplessness as a mother, like you and the blame. Like I mm -hmm. think as moms, we take the blame too. Sure. Like I'll never, yep. you know, I had a panic attack while I was pregnant with our oldest mm -hmm. very early um, gestationally speaking. And so I've, you know, for years I was like, it was probably that panic attack mm -hmm. that turned on his anxiety in the womb. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was or it wasn't most likely not God knit him how God knit him. Mm -hmm. And we all have something to carry in this life. So it's, the difficult part is knowing at the different stages how to help your child carry that. Sure. And there's going to be some an some questions that they ask you that you do not have the answers for. That's right. Hmm. 
That's right. And that is very that hard. Is hard. Mm-hmm. That is really that is hard. very yeah. hard. Mm-hmm. And I think so. Then I think there are a lot of difficult, really difficult parts of the journey. So, yeah. like as as a father and a husband, right? We whether it's socialized or cultural or whatever, we have this idea of being a protector, right? Mm-hmm. And and like I said, we we all struggle with mental health issues and and um so whether it's uh anxiety postpartum depression uh like as a father and a husband you always want to protect Mm -hmm. and the thing is is you you can't i mean i mean you in essence you can't really protect them from you can't remove the thing so that the most difficult part of the journey is is realizing that you can't take away things right in fact it's not even my role to take away things. Mm-hmm. And, and so I think there's, and still to this day, a huge education on my part uh, as a husband, um, as a father, as a son, as a sibling, um, when when someone is struggling with uh, a mental health issue, it's, you know, it's my role not to protect them, but just to come alongside. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that realization was actually, because I'm not one that literally usually steps back from things, I usually step into things, mm-hmm. right? And and not trying to take control. Sure. Uh, was mm-hmm. probably the most difficult uh, part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure we're gonna get in this, but there's a lot of things that we did that was unhelpful. Yeah. That's that's the uh, story yeah. of our lives. There's a lot of things I that's did that were unhelpful. Our baseline. We just yeah. didn't know and yep. that's you one reason know. that's the basis. Yeah of why we feel like God called us to this podcast is because we want people to be able to skip a few steps if they can. Yeah, <laughs> just, exactly. Yeah, we just trust us. Our yes. yeah. 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 Well, because you've gone through difficult times and you've only mm-hmm. given us a couple here because I know the kids are getting older and yeah, everything yeah. like that. Because of these difficult times, what is some of the encouragement that you would give to other parents that are in the mm-hmm. situation very similar to this possibly and how how can you help them experience hope in this? It's kind of a double. Yeah, yeah. we we have a lot to say on this. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go for I it. Think we do. Go um, for it. Yeah, I, I think the first thing is uh, Amy mentioned earlier about uh, being diagnosed at, a, at an early age. One of the things is that encouragement I, I want to give people is that even at early stages and early ages, mm-hmm. we really don't know uh, fully the 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 depth or even the breadth of the mental health struggles that mm-hmm. are kids because they can't tell you right, right? Yeah. And, and so even as a young age um, I would say just you know encourage you to be there support it don't uh, and I'll tell them one of the most unhelpful things that, that I do both for my wife and my kids is you know it would be like don't worry about that mm-hmm. like or you know just get over it or whatever which is real easy for me that someone who has never struggled with anxiety is I'll be like, well, why are you worried about that? I don't understand. And that's probably, and I probably did that for years. Sure. Yeah. Um, did. did. <laughs> yeah. So, but okay. He has an overly optimistic viewpoint of life, which yeah. God gave him yeah. and God endowed our third child with as well. They have this overabundance of joy. They are joy from the movie Inside Out. If you've yeah. ever seen yeah. that yeah. movie, okay. they are joy. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Which is great. And God knew that we would, be married and I would need that balance. Sure. But when you're a person that struggles with anxiety, that for me, it never, ever, ever goes away. Sure. It just looks different at different mm-hmm. stages in life, different days. Mm-hmm. And so you can't say, don't worry about mm-hmm. that. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be all right. Or just saying something positive when somebody says something negative, like 
let things marinate for a minute. Mm -hmm. So one thing we learned that I'm going to give parents hope here and encouragement is Mm -hmm. let the moment marinate. Like when your child comes to you and does finally have the words, Mm -hmm. because what you're going to see when they're little is actions. Yes. You're going to see actions or their reactions and they're going to be bad. They're not going to be positive. They're not going to be constructive. Mm -hmm. So read that differently. You Mm -hmm. can't read that child in the same context that you might read your other children or other children that you know. You have to read that child in their own context. That's right. And let it be what it is. They are trying to, they are telling you Mm -hmm. what's wrong with them. Mm -hmm. And then when they have the words, let, you know, that's another thing I loved about that movie. I've talked about that movie. I will plug this movie because it's such a positive mental health movie. I think it lets each emotion have its say Mm -hmm. and that each emotion Mm -hmm. is important. And what we learn in that movie is what parents need to learn with anxiety or depression or, you know, a spouse or a brother or whatever, let that have its moment because it needs to come out Mm -hmm. and let it marinate. Cause we saw in the movie sadness, was necessary mm-hmm. for joy to come later that's along. Right. And, yep. that's right. and those memories can be together mm-hmm. and they each have a significant impact. So let that child express themselves how they need to express themselves and then get the tools. Yeah. Don't stop. Yeah. Those are my two words. Don't stop. Yeah. yeah. Keep fighting for your child. Take them to the next counselor. Take them to the next nutritionist, take Mm -hmm. them to the next neuropsychologist, take them to the next psychiatrist, try the next medication, try the next parent interactive therapy, whatever. I can't, I mean, we could, we have a list this long on, you know, how many therapies, medications, interventions Mm -hmm. that we have gone through with each of our children, because you are looking for the formula that looks right and works right for that child Mm -hmm. at that time in their life. Mm -hmm. Just like my formula, there's a basic formula that I use every day to cope. And the older I get, my coping mechanism should get better. Right. Right. So, but then seasonally part of that may change, but now I know what part of that needs to change. Do I need to go back on medication for a Mm -hmm. while? Do I need to go back into counseling for a little bit? What does that look like? For your children, it's, do you need to change? Do you need to add this therapy? Do you Mm -hmm. need to take this one away? Because now this other issue is more significant. So don't Mm -hmm. ever quit searching for that next professional, that next person that can help your child. Mm -hmm. And that's something I just want to say, feels like we've been friends for a long time, but in the short time (laughs) we've known you guys, that I've been so impressed with is that, you know, Troy, you'll text me or we'll have a quick phone call. And, hey, I'm on the way to do this. I'm on the way doing this, meaning I'm on the way to to help with this mental health need for one of your sure. kids. Yeah. Yeah. And texted you, know, you on the way. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. now that they're you know living in different places, you know, you're making the drive. It's mm-hmm. late at night. And I just think when you said that, don't quit. Don't stop. I can don't stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see that in you. I mean, yeah. I just want to I just want to tell you guys, yeah. I see that in you yeah. and the way you live and act and, and the way and it's not easy. It's work. And the oh, way you hard. pour your yourselves into that. Mm-hmm. So, so I just, yeah, you're saying it, but I see it. And I really appreciate Thank that you. in both of you. You know, one time I told our oldest this last year has been pretty hellacious for him. And one time during that year, I looked at him and I said, it is my job to pull you out of the pit 
mm-hmm. over and over and over again mm-hmm. until you can lift yourself out. Excellent. Yeah. That's and then when you can, I'm still mm-hmm. standing at the edge mm-hmm. to support oh, you and yeah. encourage you. But it's my job to pull you out while you can't, because mm-hmm. there is a point where they cannot do it. Absolutely. And you have to do it. They, yeah. that is your job. Yeah. I, I think, you know, back on the question, the encouragement, I'm going to add a couple of phrases to what you said. I, I would say, first of all, is, is so encouragement is uh, advocate, yes, which is yes. what I think. So yes. advocate yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't stop. Yeah, and you're not alone. Yes, and I think that's the Jeez. biggest encouragement. And I think yeah. that's what uh, yes. when we talk about how short of a time frame that we've known each other mm-hmm. is. Um, that's one of the first things that we really talked about. Is I mean, we're big on letting people know you're not alone. We've advocated mm-hmm. for other parents mm-hmm. with children, uh, whether it's like 504s or how, how do yep. you do this and mm-hmm. how do you get help for your kid and. And even just in the last couple of weeks, somebody out of the blue reached out to Amy and go, because we have been so open Mm -hmm. about things, um, about it, uh, letting people know you're not alone. Uh, People have reached out to her. Like just a couple of weeks ago, someone reached out to Amy. It's like, we're going through this crisis. And I know y'all have been through this. How do we do this? And and I think that's and that's why I want to say, I mean, I think just what you're doing with the podcast and 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 even with um, your ministry is letting the mo- biggest encouragement is you're not alone because mm-hmm. as since our, our faith is for the four of us is such a big thing. Yeah. You know, the church hasn't dealt with mental health very well over mm-hmm. the centuries mm-hmm. or over the decades. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think over the past two decades, it's slowly getting better. Mm-hmm. And it's because people like you, people like us speak out and go, number one, it's normal. Mm-hmm. First yeah. of all, everyone mm-hmm. struggles. Like I said at the very beginning, you may only struggle with acute things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've had acute depression, or like seasonal. after, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, acute or seasonal. But so after I lost, uh, uh, after I lost my ability to fly, I kind of went into uh, is a physical disability, but kind of went into it was a very it was a very mild valley, but it was very long. Yeah. Right. And um, I've had uh, like moments of and I don't know if I've even shared this with Amy. Oh, good. But, uh, <laughs> but we uh, love those kind yeah. of things. On the yeah, phone. Really, yeah. Right. Right. Uh, Speak closer uh, to I've, the microphone. <laughs> so um, I've actually had I mean, I was a pilot for a long time, but I've had a period of season where I went through months where I had absolute terror getting in the airplane. I mean, oh, wow. it's like so I had so much fear and, you know, people have a fear of flying. Well, what happens when a pilot gets that right? And there was a couple months I struggled with that. I just, I mean, it was really, really difficult uh, for me to do that. And and then, uh, I mean, there's been some other uh, changes, but I just, we want people to know that, you know, you're not alone Mm -hmm. and this Mm -hmm. is normal. Everyone struggles with something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that was part of what bonded us so quickly to Mm y'all too, was the transparency mm-hmm. and that we wanted to be an encouragement to other parents. And just like Stacy, y'all have made it kind of your mission to say, even though I'm not completely healed of this, I continue to struggle. And this mm-hmm. is my job is to stay well and mm-hmm. to suffer as well as I can. Mm-hmm. We, but in the meantime, I'm going to offer hope because mm-hmm. there is always hope, even in the middle of our suffering, that's the picture of Christ himself. Right. Mm-hmm. So, for us, we just from the get go said, we've got to 
we're talk an, about this. Yeah, we have to be an open, an open book, book and yeah. let other people know because the loneliness that you can feel oh, yeah. in mental health struggles mm -hmm. is unbelievable. And so and I wanna, we've been there too. I wanna, so even for so as parents, okay, mm -hmm. uh, you may feel lonely. And if you do, you know, like I said, please continue to listen to the podcast. I mean, because we want you to know you're not alone. But our, the, the issue with being a parent of someone that struggles is the kid, the, the child really does think they're alone. Yes. And because yes. as an adult, we have, we have, you know, whether it's more maturity or more cognitive development and we can reason. But as a kid, whether it's someone like, like in their adolescence or as even they become teenagers, uh, they believe that they are all alone. And yes. so I, one of the things is that if you can work with your children Mm -hmm. And and again, the more you normalize it, the more you make them feel like they are not alone. Mm -hmm. All right. And so I think it's good for for kids to actually uh, be in group situations with other kids that are struggling so yes. that they're they're not alone. Yeah. Right? They're yeah. not alone. I think that's really important because we have all had chances and opportunities to build up maybe that resilience and also mm, sure. um, grow in that. And even just as adults, hopefully more mature than our children. <laughs> it uh, comes and goes. It comes <laughs> and goes. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of a touch and go situation. That, you know, we can um, handle those things a little better. But, but I think that's so important what you just said is that, you know, our kids, they're trying to build maturity while dealing with this. So a lot of the things, maybe yes. skills that we have been able to develop to help mm. us battle our, our mental health challenges, they're still just building up those skills. Yes. So I think yeah. that's, you yeah. know, that's so important. And you're right. We have felt alone. And I'm so thankful. You know, I, I think it was you guys, some, new to our Bible study group, your courage early on to share maybe in a prayer request or just mm -hmm. to share a need from your family. Yeah. Stacy and I have kind of got those antenna up these days about <laughs> connecting with people that, that have like circumstances. And and that, you know, we both were paying attention. It's like, hey, they they know something about what we're going through. Yeah. But I think, you know, had you not had that courage, it might have taken a while for us to need to know that part mm -hmm. of you. So so that's really important for, for others just to understand. Yeah. And there's hope there. It's like I think somebody was talking about this and something I guess C.S. Lewis talks a lot about mm -hmm. this. It's almost like, oh, wait, so I'm not the only one that deals with this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I really think from a spiritual perspective, that is a strategy of the enemy is to make us mm. feel alone and yes, isolated. isolated. Oh. Mm -hmm. You are the only one. Whatever your struggle yes. is, nobody else out of 7 billion, and we can convince ourselves, nobody else out of 7 billion people has ever gone through this. Mm -hmm. When obviously that's a falsehood. But it's yeah. like we get stuck in those places and we sure. just need somebody else to be open and honest to help us pull us out of that stuckness. Well, really. it's always been kind of something that we've talked about is that, Whatever your community looks like, um, especially if it's a church community, your church family, that you shouldn't feel the loneliest at church. No. And I think we can also be really good at that. Mm -mm, nope, not going to cross over to that. I'll talk about my divorce. I'll talk about different things like that. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to go on. I'm, I'm not going to talk about food. That's very private. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'm not going to talk about what goes on when I'm not here. Yeah. Mm. When you don't open that door, it seals tight. So, so much because sure. we start to just kind of wall ourselves in. And um, not only are we denying other people of getting to pour into our lives, but we mm -hmm. have experiences that we can say, you know what? 
we want to walk alongside you because, you know, yeah. if if we can't do anything else that's super different, mm-hmm. we can walk with people because so many people ditch you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They yeah. just so. do. They are gone. Yeah. We, we have lost friends out of, um, I think, them literally being scared. I was going to say, and I think so it's fear. I do too. Mm-hmm. I do too, because I it's, it's not who they are. No. It's. I think a lot of times they're just like, because I don't understand, I'm going to back off. Right. And I want mm. to just encourage people, do not wait to have compassion and passion for somebody for you to go through it yeah. or for you to try and understand it. Yeah. Because mm, yeah. Um, if you wait for that, I wouldn't support people who have diabetes. Right. I wouldn't <laughs> support people who have other things. Right. You know, and we're very right. careful not to list other medical needs or anything like that because we haven't walked those. But I will say that we can do that. We can do that. We can step mm. up as Christian brothers and sisters and reach out to people who may not be of the faith mm-hmm, and sure. people within the faith mm-hmm. and we can walk things out with them. Yeah. Okay. That's a really good point, Stacey, because I recently, and don't downplay it either. This mm-hmm. is just as big of an issue when you bring up, when you mention other disorders or diseases, when you're talking mm-hmm. about like, especially someone with type one diabetes, mm-hmm. they didn't ask for this. They were genetically encoded mm-hmm. with this somehow, mm-hmm. and they are going to deal with this for the rest of their lives mm-hmm. and have to, be insulin dependent and all this. And, you know, I recently said to a mother, a friend of mine whose child has diabetes and said, well, it's not like, and she goes, yes, it is. Mm-hmm. It is like that because mm-hmm. you too can lose your child yeah. from what he suffers with. Mm-hmm. And I appreciated so much. That's a true, validation. A, yes. Like a true understanding mm-hmm. of there have been times in his life where we thought we might lose him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to this. And that is the most terrifying yes. place as a parent True. you can mm-hmm. come to when you have a child that struggles with mental illness in the mo- you're it's a, it's such a, in the trenches thing. Like you're just True. trying to, there have been moments where we have been not even day to day. We have been minute oh, yeah. to minute True. within yeah. that day. And mm-hmm. that is whew, exhausting. exhausting. And but I think to kind of acknowledge that this is just as serious as an issue. Mm. And that's another yeah. encouragement that we would give is like, and Troy's mentioned this uh, like earlier is normalize it in your right. conversation, mm-hmm. normalize this. We've got some pretty big famous people now that have kind of spoken mm-hmm. up some high level athletes that are talking about their struggles mm-hmm. with mental health. And that helps normalize the conversation in the general population. But Normalize it in your home. Normalize it in your friend group. Normalize it in your church group. Mm-hmm. We have to normalize this part sure. of the conversation. Mm-hmm. It's not any different than maybe what other people struggle with. Because ultimately, again, as someone with a science background, this is physiological. Mm-hmm. It does have yeah, a physiological sure. root, a chemical root. So we can't not address that part of it. Yeah, right. yeah. I think there's a couple of things I want to tie into. Number, number one, you talk about the world. Our own sinful nature, the devil, uh, they're going to, the devil's the father of lies, right? Mm-hmm. And the world, their its job is to spread those lies, right? Mm-hmm. And, there, and a lot of things, what happens is we do get deceived on mm-hmm. a lot of things. And I think the biggest thing is when a child, uh, even as an adult, because mm-hmm. uh, we've talked about this, is right. that your, your brain lies to you. Yes. Your mind lies to you. Yes. Right. And getting sometimes the, uh, your child uh, who's struggling with it to realize that your mm-hmm. brain is lying to you, yes. right? And and it's just it just takes a lot to realize that you know we're we're so self deceived, 
mm-hmm. on a lot of things. The other thing is, um, and I, I do want to bring that because we are very, we want to take a very, what we call uh, integrated approach mm-hmm. to uh, mental health, right? Uh, we've all, and we've all had that unhelpful thing where the church member says, we'll just pray more. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want to neglect the spiritual part of this oh, battle. Absolutely. Right. right. Yeah, but we yeah. want there's a verse that um, in First Thessalonians five and then 16 through 24. Uh, and there's a bunch of different strategies in there. It talks about rejoicing, give thanks, because there's a there's a science to how gratitude actually helps us deal with like mental health issues. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, in verse 23, it talks about God holding your body, your mind, and your spirit, mm-hmm. right? And preserving it until completion, right? We talked about, yeah. and you talked about earlier about, it's not about perfection, it's about progress. And when yes. you're dealing with mental health, it's it's progress, not perfection. That's right. Certainly. And it has to be all three. It has to be, it has to be a physical thing. I have to look at my body, mm-hmm. right? I have to look at my mind, all right? I have to address that and I have to be spiritual. And so one of the uh, one of the tips and tricks that that we've used throughout our entire marriage dealing with all of these is that it's a very integrated approach. We need to attack it from a spiritual standpoint. We need to attack it from a mm-hmm. mental and a mind standpoint. We need to attack it from a physiological standpoint. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's very helpful for us. And we've done that with uh, mm-hmm. with both physical uh, illnesses and mental mm-hmm. uh, illnesses. Yeah. So. That's really good because, I mean, we've talked about often about how any type of journey, no matter what it is, it's not a straight line from no. anywhere, any even A to B, A right. to A and a half. <laughs> it's yeah. all yeah. A point one. Yeah, yes. exactly. The alternative, if we want to flip this, which y'all are talking about, is and and what we experience every day also with my mind, is that you have to, you have to make this choice. You have to yes. choose. You know what? Like what you were saying, Amy. I am going to pull you out mm-hmm. as many times as I need to in order to make sure that you stay here. Right. And there are parents who may be listening and they're going, you know what? I haven't been doing the hard work. Mm-hmm. I have not been doing the things that I know will benefit my kid because I've been hoping it would just go away. Mm-hmm. It better. would just, just resolve itself. Yes. Well, mm-hmm. I want to encourage you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to encourage you no matter what point you're at right now to stop. And to acknowledge the fact that that's what you've been doing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to decide on what you are willing to do in sure. order to save your kid. Because mm-hmm. when yeah. you're choosing not to save your kid, you're saying it's okay for you not to be here anymore mm-hmm. because it gets that layered. It is that serious. It's so too. serious. Yes. It is so serious. Mm-hmm. It's that layered because that. the way we pull, Doug has done this for 33 years. <laughs> The way he pulls me out is the way that God has created him to do that. Mm -hmm. There's no mistake in the fact that Doug knows me so well that God uses him in order to help me breathe. I have to be reminded of that practice Mm -hmm. so often, but he equipped Doug with what to do. Same with you as a parent who might be listening. Same with Amy and Troy. Mm -hmm. There is no mistake that you're the parent to your child and Maybe today needs to be a wake up call for you Mm. and you may need to say, you know what, I have been just neglecting or denying this and I'm not seeing any differences in my kid. And it's Mm -hmm. been a while to where I was hoping that I would wake up. 
please um, take care of business in your home. Yeah. That child, that teen, that college age student, that spouse know that as long as God is got you here on earth, that your practice will be to do the hard things. Yes. Because life is hard, but when you add a mental illness to it, and you're not the one who's suffering or struggling with it per se to a deeper level than just what we do on a regular basis, we need help. So when you do that and when you show and the worth in pulling that person out, mm, yes, it's huge. It, yes. When Doug wraps me up and just holds on to me, I feel like I am so valued. Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know what? Today is really bad. Mm -hmm. Today is worse than I thought it could be. Mm -hmm. And I thought a week ago was the worst it could be. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still here. We're still in this. Yeah. And I think, Stacy, that really goes back to what we all mentioned earlier was, you know, so many things we would do different or mm, so many things sure. we would recognize we didn't do it the right way. Mm, right. And I would say that was one of those hard lessons learned for us, because for so many years, I think as you were wrestling with this and probably descending deeper into the pain, the struggle without really getting relief, mm -hmm. there was a lot of me just, hey, I'm going to hope things get better. Yeah. I'm going to hope things get better. And I think that's where and I'm not kind of like you, Troy, I probably tend to lean to be more on the optimistic mm -hmm. side. Yeah. And I have to also caution myself about what I just say. You know, I've learned about those things. You know, it's, it's like what I say to Stacy. But I think that's where optimism becomes a really fine line with denial. Sure. And you can, yeah. you know, I was feeling like, oh, I'm being optimistic mm -hmm. when really I was being in denial. That's and, a good point. you know, our whole podcast is about hope. But there's also a famous saying out there is that hope is not a strategy. So I think that if <laughs> yeah, we, that. we want you to have hope, but at the same time, hope comes from taking steps to get better. Yeah, sure. And that's where I think a lot of what our, our focus of the podcast is, is to help give encouragement and resources to people so that they can find their steps to get better. And hope is born out of that. Mm -hmm. But I think if we just say, oh, I'm just going to have hope and not do the steps, then oftentimes we're really like I was many times. I'm I'm falling off the, the line of optimism or hope and I'm really falling into the pit of denial. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's not doing Stacy, that's not sure. doing anybody our loved ones any good if I'm stuck there. So. Well, and when you talk about a strategy like something that Stacy just mentioned is if you're that parent and you're thinking, "Oh, this is going to get better," mm -hmm. but the child continues to you know, this is an it, mental health can be very internal. Sure. Right. You know, you're going to see some external things. But what I will say, mm -hmm. if you do not do something, mm -hmm. your child will. Yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They will find a way mm -hmm. to try to help themselves. They will self-medicate. Mm -hmm. um, usually that is with not <laughs> uh, prescribed <laughs> um, sure. medication. Mm -hmm. Usually that's with it, you know, whether it's alcohol or nicotine use or whatever, or even something worse. Mm -hmm. I've seen it over and over again. They will find a way to self-medicate, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's self-harm. We've, mm -hmm. we've been through that mm -hmm. as well um, with our child. Um, they will find a way to try to relieve this internal pressure mm -hmm. that builds and they don't know yeah. what to do with it. So I will say you must have a strategy. You yeah. must find, there's plenty of resources out there to get those tools to put in your toolbox to help your child. Because if you do not hand them a positive way to deal, mm -hmm. 
they will find a way to deal and it will probably not be positive because like you said, Doug, they're growing, they're developing these yeah. young people. They don't have a frontal lobe. Yeah, <laughs> you sure. know, that's a yeah. big, you know, their, their reasoning part of their brain is not fully developed until their mid twenties. So yeah. their decision-making skills can be sketchy at best with that's a child so without a mental illness. Mm -hmm. Then right. you add something mental health struggles on top of that. It really is going to lead to, um, probably some scary habits and, and behaviors. That's so, right. Yeah. I, I, want, I want to tie into a couple of things because, I mean, you were kind of alluding to, you know, maybe some things that we do different, right? What Amy just said, actually, when the the kids, um, your kids like limbic system and their reward center are much more powerful than their thinking skills and their yeah, reasoning their skills reasoning, and their cognitive yeah. skills. Mm -hmm. And as a kid, uh, you know, the Bible tells us all the time, it tells fathers, don't embitter mm -hmm. or exasperate your children. And mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of times in, in, in the journey of several of our, my children is that um, I exasperated my children. Uh, I embittered them, right? Just by the way I handled the situation. Like Amy said, um, we have a, such a finite mindset when it comes to health in general. I, I want to go the doc. I want to go to the docking box and get a pill. I want to go through McDonald's and get fast food. I want to. So we we treat mental health and we treat a lot of physical other physical illnesses like it's a flat tire. Mm -hmm. I just patch it and I keep going. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I would go back and change from the very beginning is I would have more of an infinite mindset as opposed mm -hmm. to a finite mindset. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? Because I think where I struggled at the very beginning was okay. This this tool is going to solve it. Mm -hmm. You talk about the borderline between it's not really hope and denial. It's more like hope and and my faith that hey, this one tool is going to fix it, and we're going to be able to go on, right? Yeah. yeah. And and it's because it, I had such a finite mindset that was okay. This is going to fix it. This is going to fix it. This and I think going back, I would go take a more infinite mindset, more eternal mindset, and go okay. For what I need to build, if you're you're a parent that has been bearing your head yeah. about what your kid, what I need to realize is. Okay, this is an issue that my kid is struggling with. So what is the long-term strategy? Mm -hmm. what, what is the lifestyle that I'm going to have mm -hmm. uh, to address it? And I think that, that's what I'd go go back mm -hmm. and do is mm -hmm. there were so many times where I, I didn't listen. I wanted to fix it, mm -hmm. all right, instead yeah. of just listening. Mm -hmm. uh, and then coming up with a plan, which is much different than the fix-it mentality, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and I Did said my some of the things that I did wrong, I have a... I'm a hair trigger. So mm -hmm. I have the true redhead, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, temper. Ooh. And I know <laughs> um, for better or worse, you know, um, but it's, I sometimes react instead of respond. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things we talked about that I, I tend to react much quicker. I am a, a knee jerk reactor mm -hmm. instead of a responder, like mm -hmm. give it a minute. Let's really think about this. That's something that my counseling has helped me is to view my children's behaviors through the lens of which behavior do I look through the lens of mental illness and which lens and, and which behavior do I look through the lens of they're just a teenager. That's boy, right. You know, yeah. because there are some things that are different. Is this just because this is the, typical for the age or is this really a true symptom of what's going on with the mental health? So you do have to learn how to pick those apart because I might react, overreact let's be honest, mm -hmm. <laughs> to something. Sure. And then I'm like, oh, shoot, I 
that probably really wasn't that big of a deal. I need to chill about that. That's not really what's going on there. That's probably okay. But because for so long, mm. everything has been, yeah, yeah, you live in this heightened state. When you come out of a crisis, like we were kind of in a crisis for about a year, then when you, it's hard to come out of that and, mm-hmm. and kind of relax a little bit and think, the next shoe isn't going to fall because that's what you've been used to is like the sky is raining shoes. You know, it's just like the next, you can't, you can't dodge the next shoe is chunking you in the head, but you know, Oh wait, maybe the next shoe isn't going to fall. Maybe, you know, so when you come out of one of those crisis modes, just not to react to everything, Mm -hmm. just to respond and which lens are you using to look at your child Mm -hmm. and be very careful and and judicious with that for their credit, bless their hearts, you know? And that would, and that's, I think, one of the strategies or recommendations that we would both give is if you're dealing with a family member, a child that dealing with mental illness, you've got to take time for yourself mm-hmm. at some point. Because if you don't, you will always be in reacting mode. Mm-hmm. So yeah. as a parent, as a, as a spouse, as a whatever, mm-hmm. you have to take time for yourself, whether that is physical, whether that is mental, like whether it's meditation or just relax and go watch a sunset. You have to take breaks for you to be, I think, mm-hmm. the best support you can be mm-hmm. right because if you don't take care of yourself you won't be a very good support so i i, I we would both recommend that i think yeah is and, take care of yourself in order to take care of your and then your, com- open communication something. between mom and dad you mm-hmm. have to get on the same page mm-hmm. we do know people whose children have some mental health struggles that maybe mom and dad aren't on the mm-hmm. same page mm-hmm. and it's going to show yeah, and where your kid is and their progress or lack thereof. It's and one so... place where we are on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you there know, you go. Well, I think it's honest if, with each yeah. other. You know, there's times where like when we were in super, super, super horrible crisis mode last summer, I remember looking at him one day and saying to him, I have nothing left for you right now. Mm-hmm. I love you very much. Yep. And that's yeah. all I can give you today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had nothing emotionally, physically, spiritually. I had nothing left to give him because mm-hmm. we were living minute to minute, yep. trying to make sure our child survived mm-hmm. literally. And that was it. And to let him know, this is where I'm at. Sure. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm not going anywhere, but I I can't need you to need me right now. Yeah. Because I can't, I don't, I have nothing to give. I think you have to be really Um, patient with each other. You're very patient with each other, which I'm, I may or may not struggle with that. But I think that's so important because I think you're exactly right. For so many families, just even with with whatever family member they're dealing with, with the struggle, that becomes a real stress point. And Mm -hmm. and I appreciate what you're saying because if you're not, communicating and, and managing that stressor, yeah. it can, it can just add to the chaos of the home sure. versus, okay, we've got as parents, a safe place, even in the midst of this crisis, because right. we're on the same, like you said, we're on the same page right. and we are communicating with one another about it. You know, when you're talking about the longevity in it, mm. that can be discouraging if you're listening and you're going, hmm, am I going to go in or not? Right. And what I would encourage you to do is what scripture says to do. Ask God to lead me, to guide me, and um, to teach me because Mm -hmm. my hope is in you all day long. Mm -hmm. This is a step-by-step situation. Don't look five years from now. You you don't need to do that. That can be so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I have to look at one meal at a time, one bite at a Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. What can you handle? And ask God to help you handle that amount. 
and let him decide mm-hmm. how much of that you can handle. Mm-hmm. Because I have never, ever been disappointed when I've asked God a question and I've gotten his answer. When I'm disappointed is when I give myself my own answer. Mm-hmm. You know, his answer will always, always in my life be different than what I was thinking because sure. of his grace and mercy. Yep. And his answer brings its own power yes because it Mm. comes from him right Mm -hmm. so and that's something hard as a parent to realize i will never forget last it was probably last may that i'm standing in my bathroom my head against the wall Mm -hmm. crying and screaming and begging yeah Please remove this from my child. Mm-hmm. You can. You can do that. I believe you're the God of miracles. You touch people all the time and you heal them. Please don't ask him to carry this anymore. He mm-hmm. has carried this his whole life. Please just remove this. Don't ask him to do this. And I will never forget hearing God say, no, no. Yep. And the next thing he said to me was, but I've got him. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I don't say that I hear God's voice very often. I'm not a Moses. I didn't have a burning bush. Mm-hmm. I just remember feeling sad, mm-hmm. but at rest because I knew if God had him, then I can't worry. I will because I'm a mom. Yeah. And that's what we do. Mm-hmm. But for God to say no very clearly. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm talking about. Your children will come to you and they will ask you these questions. Some of your children will suffer seasonally or mm-hmm. especially coming out of the pandemic and things like yep. that. And mm-hmm. kids may suffer for a season and then they may never deal with this again. Some of them are going to be programmed to deal with this the rest of their lives. And they will need to establish tools right now, Stacy. like you're saying, like, what can I get what right can now? What today? can I do yeah. today? And those will turn into long-term habits. Mm-hmm. And But when you are in that moment to hear him say, no, but I've got him, mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is because he, he has come to me and said, why me? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to have this? Mm-hmm. And I don't have yeah. an answer for that. You but know, not it's really. Heart, it's heart rendering as a yeah. parent. Yeah, You're sure. like, yeah. Uh, what do you gosh, say? Yeah. And while you're in it, there's not ever a good answer to the why. Mm-hmm. But I will mm-hmm. say that uh, both of our older ones, um, as they got older, that there have been opportunities. Yes. That now that they've seen, they've been able to come alongside someone else that struggles with anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been able to come alongside someone that's been bullied. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. And actually walk with that person. And I and I think I think that's probably the biggest difference as they get older mm-hmm. is the the question of why seems to be kind of getting some of its own answers mm-hmm. in their own lives. Right. And as they get older, the other thing too is is that you take less of a major role mm-hmm. in yeah. handling uh, and helping them, you still help them, you still help them, mm-hmm. but it really is their decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think you, a lot of times, uh, that's one of the things that you, as they get older, we have to, that's hard to get some peace over that. Okay. Yeah. They, they now they have to make their own their medication. Yeah. Right. 
What if they do choose yeah. to stay up all night? Yeah. What, yes. what does that do to them? Yes. You go yeah. and see them and yep. whether they be in an apartment, at school, whatever, mm-hmm. and you see full bottles of medication yeah. or empty. Mm. You right. know? Yeah. What's Either going way, on? That's scary. Yeah. What's mm-hmm. going on? Sure. You know? Well, one of the things I really appreciate you you sharing, both of you, has been about just how this has impacted your faith and and the questions that it's raised and, and how you've taken those questions to God. And, and, and we have to sometimes be okay with the answers we don't want or even the perceived silence on something. So as well as yourselves, how has this impacted faith for your children as they've struggled? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's our oldest. And he, again, is very, he's probably one of the most open people mm-hmm. you will mm-hmm. ever meet. He was with you, Stacy, when yeah. we all met. And mm-hmm. he really, and I would say this again to parents too, if your child has, as a child of faith and has professed their belief in Christ as, as our oldest did, all of ours, thankfully, at a young age, but then when he went through some of these massive crises, especially mm-hmm. the one over the last year, 18 months, he was so angry yeah. with God. Mm-hmm. He was angry. It's mm-hmm. not that he didn't believe in him. He just didn't understand why the God of the universe mm-hmm. that could do all these miracles and do all this healing could not do a miracle or a healing yeah. in his life. Mm-hmm. And he was angry mm-hmm. and he refused prayer. He wouldn't even bow his head or Mm -hmm. close his eyes at our dinner table Mm -hmm. for meals. He definitely did not go to church, nothing to do with God. And we had to, that was a very hard thing. You cannot force God on anyone. That's right. And you really cannot force it on your child. And I think to have to rise up for a moment and be that person that stands truly in the gap for your child Mm -hmm. in prayer, you're hitting your knees all the time, Mm -hmm. whether it's literally or figuratively praying your child through these days, give them the space and allow them to be angry. Mm -hmm. God is a big God. Uh, Mm -hmm. Part of my walking every day, I actually walk past Willie's house and some days he's out minister Mm. at our church and a couple of times I've stopped and talked to him and he said, that's all right. God's a big God. Mm-hmm. He can handle that. He'll mm-hmm. come around. Let him be mad. Mm-hmm. And it was just that simple response from him, who I have so much respect for spiritually, saying, let him be mad. Mm-hmm. Let him have his time. And he did. He took his time. Sure. But as we continue to pray, mm-hmm. to love him, mm-hmm. to be as patient with this process as we could be, to support him. And like Troy has said, as the child grows older into a young adulthood, that is a very difficult time to parent. Yeah. Because what your role is changing into weird areas. Right. Right. (laughs) Sure. Right. But, you know, and to let him have that time to be angry and let God do the work. Maybe you're the one shouting so Mm -hmm. loud and waving your hands around that God can't speak quietly to them. Mm -hmm. And in those moments of, fear or depression or sadness where God speaks so loudly sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so to just step back and pray. And then he has definitely come full circle and has such a better relationship 
with the Lord. And it was kind of a gradual return for him. And we started to see those things. And I remember literally he announced to me one day, he came in the <laughs> kitchen and he was like, I've made a decision. And I said, okay. And usually when he says that, get ready, you know, yeah, it's something yeah, yeah. that you're like, oh Lord. But he said, I've decided to not be mad at God anymore. Wow. And of course, in my really cool response, mm -hmm. I jumped on him and hugged him and started crying. <laughs> and um, he was like, well, I didn't say I was going to church. And I was like, it's okay. It's okay. You know, one step at a time. It's okay. One step at a time. Yeah. But, and then the, you know, our other child, he's more of a, he's very cerebral, like his daddy. He's more of a thinker. Mm -hmm. He's very grounded in what he believes and how he reads scripture and how he sees scripture. And so I think he's used that more quietly mm, to yeah. bolster him through these times. Mm -hmm. And so he just, they both are just have dealt with it very differently, but I do think it's helped solidify in the end, both of them in their faith mm -hmm. in different ways because mm -hmm. they are different people and they have different struggles. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it's more solidified mm -hmm. them. I, I think, um, well, again, the Bible tells us to be to be gentle, right? Mm -hmm. uh, in the one we I read earlier, talks about let your uh, every person know your gentle spirit. And I think especially with our kids, and as they grow older, when when they have a crisis of faith, let them let them be angry, let them question, let just like we need to let make sure we let mental health be okay to talk about. We need to normalize. It's okay. It's okay to struggle with your faith. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in it, it, a lot of times we, we don't think about all the people in the Bible that struggled. Mm -hmm. You know, I just remember, I think it was Elijah after his huge experience went off in a cave, right? Was that Elijah or Elisha? One of the Elijah. two. I was going to mix that. So Elijah had this big experience, Baal, you know, and then literally the next chapter, he's in a cave wanting to die. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think, we just need to normalize it's it's okay to question mm -hmm. it's okay to ask questions it's okay to struggle with your faith it's okay uh to be angry at god mm -hmm. right and and parents need to let uh, because again we always talk about and the scary thing about when your kids do come of faith at an early age is it how much of the faith is their own yes. and how much mm -hmm. how much of it is yours right? right so i can definitely say like for our two oldest one their faith is their own yeah mm -hmm. Because what they've had to go through, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's been bullying uh, or it's been mental health struggles, wherever they are in their faith, it is their own mm -hmm. uh, because of what they've had to go through. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So don't force things. I mean, yeah. we didn't talk a lot. We didn't talk much about boundaries here. It's OK to let them struggle. It's OK to let them, when you watch their behavior to do things. But the one thing we didn't talk about is boundaries. You still have to set boundaries right. about what is acceptable and not acceptable behavior. Right. right. You do have to have consequences right. for unacceptable behavior. Right. right. But the way you handle that is very different. Right. right? right. It's, it's got to be more of a, a response, almost like a pre-planned thing or more of a response, not a reaction mm -hmm. right. that we talk about. But you, you know, so parents, make sure you're setting clear boundaries mm -hmm. and clear consequences mm -hmm. for the behavior that comes out that's unacceptable. Mm -hmm. And like uh, Amy mentioned earlier about you do have to look at every moment. Is this just what a normal adolescent teenager does or is this something that's due to mental health? Yeah. Uh, and I, I would think that has to be, maybe be the hardest part, one of the hardest parts of navigating this as a parent with a child is is balancing out what is behavioral just that requires discipline as a parent versus yeah. 
what is the portion that needs to be treated as mental health and how do I address it? We and get that question. And how do you navigate anything. that What's kind of typical teen college? What is actual mental illness or mental mm -hmm. struggle? Sure. And every single time I go, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah. don't know. That's where yeah. you bring, that's why you have to not only surround your child with professionals, but yourself mm -hmm. as that's well. Right. Like sure. You have mm -hmm. to have a professional in your life mm -hmm. helping you. I don't know. My background isn't psychology. Mm -hmm. So I need a counselor or a psychologist mm -hmm. or a psychiatrist to help me break those things down yeah. and see those for what they are. And like I said, lay whatever lens over those behaviors I need mm -hmm. to. I don't have those tools. So I need my own little circle of professionals helping me mm -hmm. parent through this time. I certainly can't do that on my own. Mm -hmm. So it's not just what is their formula, but what's your formula for parenting right. them through it as well. So your community not only looks like friends like you too for mm. us, yep. but also what professionals are we enlisting to help us? And then what professionals are we using to help our children may or may not be the same ones. Some may overlap, some may not. So that's where you need, that's where you need help. I think mm -hmm. for, for our faith. And, and I guess we did not cover this, but one of the things that we both would recommend, I think the parents is, is use, use family counseling more. We did probably, we did not use that enough. Yeah. Like for all of us mm -hmm. um, to kind of walk through some stuff, mm -hmm. because I think that helps out. I mean, it's one thing to have like the the one on one, mm -hmm. but I think family counseling does help with mm -hmm. a really, really good counselor. But our I would say from the journey of faith, our faith is much uh, stronger because of. All yeah, this. Um, mm -hmm. we talk about the valleys and the dark and, and like we mentioned, there's been some really dark moments, but. Uh, the light was always there, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the light was always there. And I think our faith is a lot stronger. My faith personally is, for, for me, it's been a lot of, I have learned that uh, to give things over to God, the things I don't control, right? For me to re remind myself, these are things I control, these are things I influence, and these are things I don't control, right? Mm -hmm. The things I don't control that is God's business, mm -hmm. right? And I need to let him have that, mm -hmm. right? And me, instead of me trying to fix it, the things I influence, like right now as our kids are older, I influence my kids. I don't, I don't control them, right? <laughs> right? right? So the thing I do control is me, mm -hmm. right? And so as a parent, I'd say, I just focus on, you know, again, take care of yourself, you know, spend time with your faith, mentally going back, physically doing that, control what you can, and then influence the rest. And then just give it over to, give the things over. Yeah, go ahead. The thing with uh, family counseling, I tell you, talk about one feeling like everybody's on the same page mm -hmm. about you yeah. mm -hmm. is empowering because mm -hmm. I feel like when I've been in mental hospitals, when I've gone to treatment and different things like that, something that seemed to be a common denominator with a lot of the people, not everybody, but a lot of the people I met and became friends with was that we all wanted to do the right thing. We all wanted mm. to please people. Yeah. And um, some of the people that I was in the actual mental hospital with were there because they were exhausted from trying to do that. Mm. And it's impossible. Sure. So when, when you can come in and all be on the same page and your child is sitting there going, I can do that. Mm. But what I can't do is get 
an assignment from my counselor, mm-hmm. get an assignment from my teacher, mm. get an assignment. Mm. And I'm saying assignment as it, in what I know what they are. will right. do the right thing. <laughs> that's yes. what they are. Yes. And I get one from my mom and my dad. Right. Mm. And on top of that, I wouldn't mind having some friends. Right. That is that is too much when you're yeah. just trying to be here. Yes. That is yes. too much. So occasional check-ins. I'm not saying just has to be every single week. Sure. But I think sometimes we assume that in our lives, we're the only one who is speaking into that person's life and saying, this yeah. is what I, I hope for you. This is what I expect of you. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what this is because we want this end result. And I just know that that can be so overwhelming. Yeah, yeah I think that's a, amazing. And I think for, just think of it from a child standpoint, a child or even a teenager is I think your perspective all they see is all these assignments That's and right. they can get so overwhelmed. That's right. right. So I do think, you know, simple, simplify as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, I'm just going to tell you, I'm, I'm sitting here and, you know, when I hear episodes, when I get to record episodes, I get excited to, to get them produced and get them out because I feel like, Oh my gosh, this is such good stuff. And I'm just sitting here feeling that way right now. Like I can't wait to get this out for others to hear this. I think mm-hmm. I think this is so helpful, encouraging from both of you. I, I don't want to separate the two of you, but I would say Troy, mm-hmm. so many fathers, I think I appreciate what you shared about how you've got to walk this journey together. Mm-hmm. And I think that for a lot of dads, this can be very hard to if not deal with to at least talk about with others. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I've really appreciated about our friendship is that we have other things in common we can talk about, but also this is a bond that unites us. Mm-hmm. And I think you guys have given hope to me, to us today. Mm-hmm. But as we close, just one final question for both of you. What is giving you hope in your life at this moment? My hope of tomorrow is God's faithfulness of yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's a pretty good answer. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um I wasn't bad at English when I was in hey, school, you know, yeah. not too bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But really, I, because of what we've come through mm-hmm. and not just because I did have, we, Troy just really glanced off of this, but my postpartum after the second mm-hmm. child was pretty mm-hmm. brutal. Mm-hmm. And so going through that, him not being able to fly anymore was not only hard on him, it was hard on me mm-hmm. because you know, you can take the boy out of the plane, but you can't take the plane out of the boy. <laughs> exactly. Um, that was hard on me. I probably cried every day for six months. Mm-hmm. And the dadgum planes flew over our house all the time because oh. we lived in relation to the airport. But, you know, all the things that we've been through along the way and then my mental struggles, my mental health struggles, our children. It's just as God continues to be faithful and even through the days where you don't know mm. if everyone in your house is going to wake up the next day, mm-hmm. but you do, mm-hmm. then you go you, and you make it through that day. So sometimes it is that simple, yeah. but looking at everything that we've been through, everything that God has walked with us through, carried us through, mm-hmm. drug pushed or pulled us through. Mm-hmm. That's what gives me hope for tomorrow because mm-hmm. if he's faithful in these finite things, then he has to be so faithful mm-hmm. in the infinite things and mm-hmm. knowing that we are valued and loved and that he does know our name mm-hmm. and calls us by name and 
has a purpose even in our suffering. And that gives me hope. And when I have another mom, every time I have a mom reach out to me mm-hmm. and say, hey, I think we need to talk. I'll say, then I bet we do. Mm-hmm. You know, then that gives me hope because then hopefully what I've been through and how God's provided for me, I can share that with that's them right. and lighten their burden. That's and right. then that gives them hope and mm-hmm. it's contagious. So I think that's, mm-hmm. that's what gives me hope. That's great. That's good. What about you, Troy? Well, I, I can't I can't beat that one. I mean, it's, <laughs> I, I, well, like she said, I, I would say it's it's not just faithfulness from yesterday. It's faithfulness for generations, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think it's God's faithfulness throughout. You know, one of the good things about Scripture is that it doesn't hide is we're all broken people. Mm-hmm. And if we really look at, especially through the Old Testament, even mm-hmm. is, is you know, one broken person after another yes. after another, and God keeps chasing after him and keeps chasing after him and keeps going after him. Mm-hmm. And I think, so what gives me hope is that God doesn't quit yeah. on us, wow. right? Mm-hmm. God doesn't yeah. quit on me. God doesn't quit on us. And he's always chasing his own, mm-hmm. right? He's always chasing his children. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I think that's what, that's what really gives uh, me hope. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and the fact that no obstacle, no challenge is more powerful than God. Mm-hmm. God is more powerful than anything that's going to come in our way. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what gives me hope going forward. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, thank you guys. That's, mm-hmm. that's incredible. That's so encouraging to me. And I just want to mm-hmm. tell you, as you share those things, you through this podcast, but through so many other, so many other ways, mm-hmm. you are hope givers mm-hmm. to us and to many, many other families. And I know this podcast and you being willing to share your story and experience is going to do the same thing. So mm-hmm. thank you. Thank, thank you for so being much. here today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for having us. Yeah. yeah. Well, before we close things off, we want to tell you some things that are super important. Number one, if you would go on after you listen to this podcast and look at a lot of the titles of the other ones, would you go on and share them also? Leave a rating and tell a friend. That is the best way for the word to get out about Speak Out Loud podcast and all things Speak Out Loud. That is priceless to us. Also, we have a brand new website. And um, if you would please share that and also look at it. We're very thankful for it. We had a professional do that for us. Super excited. Some of the things on the website are to hook us up for speaking opportunities. We would love to do that. Also, I've written a ton of blogs. If you want to go back and look at those, and I'm writing more, and those will be coming out. The website is found at speakoutloud.me.me. For Facebook and Instagram, please go on there and like and follow so that we know the word is being spread about Speak Out Loud. Um, We are not in competition to have the most likes, but we do want to know that what we're doing is making a difference. And so we can help gauge that and know what else to do by you following. Also, I have a book out, You Are Worth Saving Letters of Hope from a Desperate Heart. And that's both in paperback and also audiobook. I read that um, for the audiobook and because it was so personal um, that I just really wanted to have that as the project. Finally, uh, Women of Merit is having a conference November 11th through 13th. I'm going to be one of the keynotes for that. Would you please come and let me hug on you? I would so, so appreciate that. It's in Norman, so you don't even have to go far. Unless you don't live by Norman, then you have to come. (laughs) So um, it is a conference center with a hotel attached 
great rates on the rooms. Come bring friends. Um, I promise you, you will not come and leave the same way because we're praying such big prayers for that weekend. So anyway, that's a lot but all super important um, to the Speak Out Loud ministry. And so please, please go on and take a look at all that and register for the conference. All right. We thank you guys for listening. Troy and Amy, thank you for being here yes, today. Yes, thank you all so we much. We so appreciate you. We appreciate your friendship, but just giving us this time today has been, has been so amazing. Thank you guys. We'll be back next week. And until then, we're out for the Speak Out Loud podcast. Thanks, you guys.